Hello, and welcome back to Big Gay Nerds Play Beam Saber. I'm your GM, as usual, Saturn, they, them pronouns. You can find me at The Future Rules on Twitter, Tumblr, and cohost.org. Joining me are my three current players and three of my favorite people in the whole world. Let's give it up for Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. She, her. I wish there was an applause right now. Um, <laughs> yay! <laughs> uh, you can find me at Radio Inactivity on Twitter. Uh, I play Arabella Steranoct. Call sign is Red. And playbook is The Ace. It's the middle of the bunch. You know her well. It's Ellie. (laughs) Great. I'm Ellie. Uh, Pronouns are she, they. I am playing Gabrielle Asmodeus. Uh, Call sign is Stiletto, and playbook is the Envoy. And last but not least, our fearless leader and show producer (laughs) and other titles, uh, Owen. Hey, I'm Owen. My pronouns are he and him. I play Pfeffer Humboldt. Call sign boss is playbook is the officer. Every Wonderful. single day, we salute a, we salute a portrait of Owen. <laughs> uh, before I, we record, we all salute a portrait of Owen before we mm, get going. I have a gallery quality four by six hanging over my desk right now, <laughs> leering down at me imperiously, reminding me of my place. Um, so last time on Beam Saber, uh, we did a uh, our return after a long absence uh, and also quite a long uh, downtime episode in which drive clocks were spent and a lot of other intrigue happened, including the teasing of perhaps a new commanding officer for our uh, ragtag bunch of uh, heroes, question mark? <laughs> sure, let's go with that. We'll workshop it. Anyway, before we get uh, to... Uh, the main events today. We're going to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of camera work drama. If you'll follow me along for this uh, magical ride, so uh, camera pans over a wide, stark scene. It's the black of night. There's a small city set by a quiet highway. It's glow even at this late hour. A title card comes up: Kiln Cairn, a population of approximately twenty thousand. Camera pans to the right of this small city. Uh, across the highway towards the barely visible shadow of a looming mountain range in the dark. A new title fades in, 560 miles northwest of Caligari. The camera pans left, back over the city, and towards the highway in the other direction, stretching across a vast and featureless grasslands, the dim glow of perhaps another city in the faraway distance, and another new title card. Less than 100 miles east of Thalia, the Imperial City. We cut back earlier, the day before. One of those two. The day before. We'll be specific. <laughs> it is dawnish. Uh, it is the inside that we have become so familiar with of the Humboldt Manor. Uh, we start with Pfeffer uh, be waking up at his usual appointed bright and early time. Uh, but actually, I guess I don't know if he wakes up bright and early. Well, today you're waking up bright and early, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he tries to keep a rigorous schedule, even if he's furloughed. He doesn't want to, like, you know, um, fall out of the habit. Uh, keeping a good sleep schedule, even though he's unemployed. I've been there. Um, <laughs> so you are, uh, you awake, but you are uh, not awoken, but very early on as you are still, you know, shuffling about in your uh in your 
suitably noble pajamas, uh, there is a, <laughs> a knock about your door. Come in. Uh, the door uh, opens slowly, and it is your uh, your esteemed butler, Kiffin, uh, old man cat boy, uh, for the audience at home. He's been a while. <laughs> hey. Might have been a while since you've seen him. He's doing his thing. Uh, sir, I wish to inform you that the new commanding officer is here. Uh, they will take your meeting in the command room as early as uh, suits you. Um, though I will ask, uh, you should put on a uh, dress uniform. Uh, I can help with the uh, cufflinks. <laughs> Certainly, yes, yes, yes. And he, like, hurries over to, uh, you know, his closet. He's getting stuff out, like... Well, I certainly would have appreciated knowing, say, the day before, but uh, better late than never. <laughs> well, uh, it is the nature of things, I suppose, that I only found out myself about uh, ten minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> um, That's and so we, we cut ahead uh, a few minutes later. Uh, Humboldt is dressed uh, to the nines, as it were. Uh, could you describe what you're wearing for me? Yeah, I think... Um, this is like his sort of dress uniform, which I think he's probably worn. It, it, this is probably the same thing that he wore to the auction, actually, um, which is like pretty similar to just his normal pilot suit. But it's got like some like epaulets and stuff. Um, uh, it's very like, like I, I don't know the exact cornerstone of uh, Tycon's um, like military fashion, but I'm. But with a lot of things with him, I'm, I'm leaning, like, you know, turn-of-the-century, like, British Empire. Yeah, fashionable gray, double-breasted suits, uh, things of that nature. Yeah, but though probably, like, a substantial amount of blue, given the division. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, very much so. Um, Arabella and uh, Gabrielle, uh, you obviously don't necessarily have the butlery assistance, but we're probably given a similar <laughs> warning. Uh, where, how is it you show up to the uh, command room? Figure this is all, you're, everyone's showing up around the same time, so you can get a little bit of uh, what you wore when you were told to dress your best uh, mm -hmm. at the butt-ass crack of dawn. Uh, <laughs> what, what y'all got going on? Uh, I know that Arabella reluctantly put on the nicer uniform, not just the usual <laughs> body, not just the usual bodysuit and, uh, and, and uh, red jacket. So she's got like the, it's not the dress uniform. I imagine there's varying stages of uniform um, because the dress uniform is just like, no, it's, it's too early to put that. God <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who it is. <laughs> Arabella just like, what the fuck is an epaulette? <laughs> I don't know what an epaulette is. I refuse to wear one. Um, no, I will not do my hair more than the usual ponytail. Uh, but she puts on the use. She puts on like the slightly nicer uniform and pulls the hair up and rolls the sleeves up. You know the usual kind of casual version of of a uniform and saunters up still yawning still carrying a cup of coffee that i'd like to think kevin brought her uh and looking kind of like like nobody should be awake at this hour i feel like it's <laughs> too early 
Uh, uh, question just for flavor and my own idle curiosity. The coffee cup, is it one of the uh, nicer uh, Humboldt Manor coffee cups, or is it one of yours personally? And if so, what is printed on the side of it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely... It's one of Arabella's, and I think she brought it from uh, from Iron Chapel. So it's... Uh, oh, it's got a... Um, like an old defunct mech manufacturer logo on it that she picked it up from, you know, God knows when, when making a visit up to the, up to the cliffs. Uh, Wonderful. And, it's, and it's, it's a big one. It's like one of those kinds that holds like half a coffee pot. And <laughs> she's nursing it while walking along. Just like, Oh, oh why, 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 why? Wonderful. And how about Gabrielle? <laughs> Uh, I figure Gabrielle is in the dress uniform. Um, epaulets, uh, like, dress skirt figure leggings like sh- like shine shoes uh like hairbrush is like she is she is doing that thing where she's pretending she's not a morning person but she's clearly too chipper it's like haha boy too early for this huh <laughs> the worst kind of people <laughs> she's been awake since 4 a.m but she's pretending she just rolled out of bed yeah <sighs> Uh, yeah, anyway. I want to think that when 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 her and Bella meet in the hall, Bella just kind of like <laughs> narrows her eyes at her, <laughs> at her perfect hair and her shine shoes. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you're having a good morning. Oh, I don't know if it's good. Yeah, we still got to meet the new boss. How <sighs> bad could it be? I think it is at this point uh, that the um, door to the uh, office opens and there is someone uh, who opens it who is in like what you would describe as like, how would I put this? Like fully armored, but in like the sort of like parade kind of way a little bit. Like (laughs) there is someone here and they open the door and it's just someone who you can very clearly immediately tell is armored for combat, but also in like a very ceremonial way. Uh, and uh, they inform you uh, very quietly uh, and very uh, monotonely. Uh, you uh, you are expected inside. Well then, uh, we shan't keep them waiting. Yeah, aren't you fancy? <laughs> uh, he he does. Uh, they they whoever they are, they do not uh, acknowledge the comment. Yeah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Um, and so you enter, and it's the same uh, office as uh, you have, you know, been accustomed to it. Uh, used to be a library, and was over the course of many weeks transferred, transformed into like an actual like forward operating base office. Mm-hmm. And at the at the front of or at the head of the table of like the big planning table where uh, barrier brass would usually sit, there is uh, the large executive chair sort of turned away from you. And in the sort of, uh, like, very classically uh, theatrical uh, kind of menacing fashion, uh, slowly turns to face you. And there is, uh, even before, like, I think we we cut away from the chair as, like, it turns, and we get kind of what is, I think at least for Boss, kind of a uh, just instant, non, uh, like, completely automatic reaction of like shock slash surprise even not a very strong one even if it's like subdued of the person sitting in this chair uh as we cut back to them 
is a like short-ish, svelte-ish, uh, pale-skinned, uh, Tykan person, uh, vaguely feminine, uh, with these black scales on their... Uh, no, excuse me, these like very dark blue, a little bit iridescent uh, scales on their uh, face and hands, wearing a very well-appointed uh, kind of, uh, I guess the word... I guess slinky doesn't seem like the right word, but like very, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very like lavish and comfortable, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, and very ornamented uh, dress in blue uh, with an uh, eye-wateringly bejeweled uh, crown sitting on their forehead <laughs> and uh, these very piercing blue eyes like none you've ever seen before. And Pfeffer <laughs> immediately recognizes this person as they introduce themselves as Princex Serali Ferros Ad Tycon the Seventeenth. The pleasure is ours. Pfeffer bows. <laughs> uh, yeah, get real. Follow that lead. That sounds good. Dylan <laughs> yeah. uh, awkwardly puts her coffee mug on the table and then <laughs> and then bows. <laughs> because this is the head of state, right? Yeah. The head of state. This is the monarch of the monarchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> the person who is quite literally in charge. Yeah. I say, please uh, lift yourselves up. Unnecessary at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just wait for the right moment. I got you. <laughs> anyway, I will. We will not bore you with the details, but it suffice to say we will be overseeing this operation. It for the immediate future, uh, though your official command structure, support networks, things of that nature will all continue to route through the Royal Blue. For the time being, you are under our direct purview, and you answer to us and no one else. Is this understood? Certainly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Then we will get to assigning you your next mission, of which I am sure you are eager to set out. Um, and without really uh, any further like explanation of what they are doing here, why they are here, what happened to Barrier Brass, anything like that, uh, they get to uh, informing you of the mission that they are expecting you to undertake. They say... You will deploy to the city of Kiln Cairn. It is in the Heliopoli DZ, near the Imperial City of Thalia. The mechanized cavalry unit called Half-Life Sizigi has been making a nuisance of themselves. You've encountered one of their number on your outing to Aconia, she says, and we get a anime-style, like, brief cut-in flashback-like of your fight with uh, Sister Felicity outside of the uh, yeah. the Dragon Teeth ship. Yep. All right. Oh, it's been a while. Uh-huh. Uh, they fashioned themselves as a roving sheriff's posse upholding the law of the solar auspice. They forget the law of the church is subordinate to mine and have overstepped their allowed stomping grounds repeatedly in the last several months. Our own Oleander unit... Uh, they say with straight face and another thing that uh, makes boss kind of recoil a little bit. Tasked <laughs> with eliminating them, though it seems half light never stays in one place long enough for Oleander to employ their 
usual methods. Um, for Boss, and I guess actually probably for um, Gabrielle as well, um, Oleander is something of an open secret, and hearing them talk about it so plainly is kind of shocking because it's basically <laughs> CIA secret police. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but specifically, like for mech stuff, I suppose. Like they're, <laughs> I, I think there is an Oleander in like all the the units, but they are they very specifically just basically said, yeah, or CIA spooks. You will turn their failure into your opportunity. Using whatever means you deem fit, you will corral their pilots and eliminate them all. We shall establish contact between your unit and representative of Oleander to facilitate the operation. Are, the, are there any questions for me? Let's see. Uh, boss uh, steps forward and uh, says, obviously, we are prepared to undertake this mission, and we promise you a rousing success. However, I am curious as to your decision to recruit a consulate squad for this mission. They kind of <laughs> smile a little deviously, and they uh, continue... You have proven yourselves before in the field of combat. This is not only the domain of more suited units. Your specialty is turning this combat into an opportunity for other kinds of operations. If at all possible, aside from eliminating this thorn in our side, it would be delightful if you could stomp them so utterly that we can use it to our own advantage. Hmm. And um, what is being outlined here? And I will, because I'm, I'm just because it is a little hard to outline this in like the scene. So I'm just going to give you. Yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, mm -hmm. here, your objective for this mission is to exterminate Half-Life Sizzigi. Your secondary objective is to fight at least an even number of them to you in open combat and record it and crush them. Gotcha. It's a propaganda yeah. mission. Okay. <laughs> now it's not. Now I will say it's not required to be a propaganda mission, but you have the opportunity to turn it into one for bonus points. Gotcha. You know what? If we're good at anything at all, it's oh being yeah. Flashy. <laughs> oh, it's time. It's your reputation. I know. And, I, and they say as much. You have a reputation for flashiness, which I expect <laughs> you to amplify. Excellent. Well. Um, you will be happy to know that uh, we, I have recently made some modifications to the Kraken, which should make engaging in direct combat even easier. They do not respond. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I was pushing it too far. Ah, cold shouldered. If that is all, I will put you in contact with the operative from Oleander that you may devise whatever strategy you intend to use. You have a time frame on this mission, which she will inform you of. You are dismissed. All right. And then yeah. sort of bows out, not the big dramatic bow, just more of a, you know, it just sort of a nod step two, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, and, uh, yeah, I guess steps out. I think as Bella is like, you know, Bella grabs her coffee mug, 
uh, <laughs> and is like walking out and just kind of like hesitates at the door and just slowly turns and looks back at the princess and doesn't say anything, but is obviously, cause I mean, you know, considering everything we learned last episode, um, and everything that I now know about Volk, uh, it sure is convenient that they're here now. <laughs> and as, you, as you turn and look at them, it's just like a really are... icy look. The <laughs> as you turn and look at them, they are staring right through you. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like Gabrielle uh, is uh, smiling ear to ear with those pointy shark teeth, and is like, "Is like, I don't know. Someone pretty told her to crush, and she's into that." <laughs> yeah like you want me to crush you okay <laughs> oh boy excellent okay yeah I, I you did just remind me that both of you have uh vicious now don't you yeah, oh. <laughs> oh, both yeah. Of you. oh wonderful oh and both no. vicious. oh this is so good <laughs> <laughs> oh this is gonna be great <laughs> I'm just sorry. Ever since like the end of the last mission, I was thinking about how like <laughs> Pfeffer is mostly just kind of like c- confused and like sad about things, and meanwhile his two squad mates are like in full biting you, biting you, biting you. <laughs> kill, bite, kill. <laughs> uh, I have I have one question before you set out to deploy. Mm-hmm. You have a new squad mate. Oh should, God, coming with you. I think um, so. Okay, I I I I literally just re-listened to it for editing purposes. But could you remind me what her like her, her actual stats are? Um, she is a, a cohort specialist pilot, uh, which means that she does pilot related things at a plus one to your tier. Um, her name is Miki Uno. Uh, as far as like more specifics go, she pilots, I believe, a medium-sized mech. Yeah, and is it still? Is that mech still kind of? No, wait, no, that one is still intact, right? Hers is in pristine condition because it was captured without a fight. Okay. Um, I say we bring her. I say we're we're down a person. Uh, we're we're literally being sent in to to eliminate. So you know. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think definitely having numbers is important in this situation, but like this is mi- it's going to be her first mission with us and her first mission just in a while. Um and um both in terms of like her and like the fact that this is going to be a potentially optics heavy mission, um we're going to have to like be careful about <laughs> how we deploy her in the situation. We can't just like cut her loose. Sure. Um, but yeah, we'll guess... keep an eye on her. Yeah. <laughs> she can't just she can't just stay at base all the time, boss. Like she's actually got to, you know. Get of out course. And your legs. Like, yeah, the perfect mission's never going to come. There's always going to be like, oh, what if this goes wrong? You know. Exactly. I just want to make sure that if something does go wrong, it we don't say record our uh, recently flipped uh, child soldier recruit, either, <laughs> either killing or being killed in an especially gruesome fashion. Hmm. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. 
It's fine. That's what an editor is for. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I've been thinking about how we do this. Uh, I think I could, uh, I, like, one or more of us could spend some slots on some like re- like uh, remote drones with cameras. Oh shit. That could be pretty dope, actually. Hey, what's, uh, real quick. So oh, I yeah, think we got to like the next scene, and it's like a little, it's, like title card a little bit later, and it is like like daytime, like well in the afternoon of uh, and of the city that we saw before, uh, Kilncairn, uh, and we get like the shot of you know like in the distance, kind of under cover of uh. Let's say, like, it's actually you're in elevated position of it. Like, you're kind of, there's mountains around the city, right? And you're kind of, like, situated in the mountains right now. We're not too worried about how you got there. But you you were able to get to your DZ. Um, and you are contacted uh, on, uh, over, like, secure comms channels uh, from, uh, actually, the, the from is unmarked, but it is on secure comms channels. And also, actually, actually this goes to Pfeffer because he's uh, the captain. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to answer that because I have, I've got a pretty strong idea of who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Right, the comms come on, absolutely no screen display, uh, just audio comms. Uh, there is a, a sort of a quiet and measured voice on the other end uh, that just says, Pfeffer Humboldt, my name is Clematis. I am your contact. Here is the scoop. Of our targets... There is one Cantor, three Carnifexes, and six Corrals. They are bound to this city within the next six to eight hours and are on their way towards Folia, the Imperial City. We have to eliminate them now or we will lose our chance. I will assist you in whatever way I can, though my functions are limited. Call on me if you need me. And the comms line hangs up. Okay. Um, well, what do any of those like do any of those names mean anything to me? Uh, you would know that they are ranks of uh, what would be Solarosa's uh, military oh. branch. Uh, okay. You would know a based on what you're who you're dealing with. The Cantor is probably Sister Felicity, which is sort of like a a major officer rank, like a sort of higher ranking officer, not like a general, but like high up there. I would actually probably be about a captain equivalent, right? Gotcha. Um, The Carnifexes are sort of like the, a tier below that. And the Corrals are kind of like lieutenants and uh, privates and other kind of low ranking officers. Gotcha. Okay. There's a total Um, of 10 is what you are being told. I do not want to derail, but as a 40k guy, do you want to see an image of what comes into my mind when you say the word Carnifex? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a Carnifex. <laughs> hell you know, yeah. They, they probably don't the look that like spooky, Texas. but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As has been established, the Church of uh, Solarosa's one of their commandments is violence is okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so they have they have some some interesting ideas of the aesthetic of violence. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So let me go ahead and drag your player flag. Ooh, yes. Yonder. Yes. Oh boy. 
So, uh, as as usual, uh, you have uh, X amount of time. We can call it like one time (sighs) per player or however much to do like your recon or information gathering. Um, You have uh, this Clamatus person is somewhere. They weren't specific, but you could probably find them without too much effort if you need their assistance or want their assistance. Um, aside from that, there's these uh, points of interest. There's the city, uh, some roads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can do any information gathering that you want to do. Okay. okay. You know that the expected time of arrival would put uh, the arrival of your quarry at some point, like around midnight or 1 a.m. tonight. Okay. So you mm-hmm. have to, especially considering how late you've been up to, like you, if, if you're going to get any catnaps in, do it now, but you have to, you have to be ready to go tonight. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, so the marks we have here, I'm seeing calendar. It appears to be the city itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and is the other things, are those specific points or are those just directions? They are specific points. Uh, what I'll say you know about these specifically uh, without doing any further investigative work. Calendar uh-huh. is in reference to a specific building in the city. Ah. Uh, not sure which. You, do, you have not looked at that information yet or have not established that information yet, but it's in pointing to a specific building. Uh, you can work out through context that, per- that point perigee is around the heading they're expected to arrive from. And yeah. Apogee is around the heading they're expecting to depart from. Yeah. Um, you would know that point autumn is a, I believe it would be some kind of like a weather station or or like radio station or something of that nature Ooh. situated out in the mountains. Okay. Um, and point Vernum is a, uh, a uh, mech body shop of sorts, like oh. not for, not a commercial one. Like it is a you know, uh, you wouldn't say it's like state controlled, but it is like privately contracted. So that basically, if someone's using that, it's they're either with Grant Icon or, in all likelihood, Solarosa. Um, gotcha. And it's it's kind of out in the way, but it's also mm-hmm. out there. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, so we've got... Hmm. Oh, also, let's go over the rules of engagement real quick. Because the mission is going to begin before too long, and I want to clear those up. First rule of engagement. Collateral damage is not permitted. You have to uh, practice your violence with dignity. Do not destroy property or place civilians at risk. The second rule of engagement. Loss of vehicles or pilots are not permitted. Weakness complicates the desired narrative. Show none. Okay. The last rule. Escape is not permitted. Under no circumstances may you allow even one enemy pilot to keep their life. <laughs> okay, damn. All right, damn. I didn't. Re- I thought we could maybe take prisoners at least, but I, okay, I can roll oh. with this. Um, so, um, let's see. So... First order of business is exterminating all enemy pilots, and the secondary order of business is confronting at least half their number, which is at least two in open combat and crushing them. We have you have four officers, but you know there are actually a total of ten mech. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So at okay. least five. Okay. 
Um, I reckon the four that have uh, threat clocks are probably bigger threats, but there is still, you know, there there are still hangers on. Gotcha. So my first law, and this is probably something that's being discussed in character, but I'm not bothering to you know slip into the character voice right now. Um, we, so we have to pull that like. So if if it was just a matter of everyone has to die and we have to come out of this squeaky clean, then my first thought would be we have to play do this as like dirty as possible. I would want like like <laughs> fucking uh, Gabrielle like like poisoning people or whatever. But given the fact that they are incoming, presumably in mechs, um, yeah. and we do have to like take out at least a certain amount of them. My thought is maybe we sort of figure out somehow get a way to like quickly thin the herd and then get in with like the flashy stuff, you know? Yeah. My Um, first, my first instinct is actually to try and push them down to Vernum and autumn. Like, cause they're going, they're in, they're heading toward Thalia and we don't, we want to divert cause they're coming in from Perigee and we, and exiting through Apogee. Um, if we can get them to divert and head south toward uh, Vernum and Autumn, then we could engage them in like way bigger combat without yeah. worry with less, of, uh, yeah, civilian casualties. Yeah. Uh, also, like uh, just to give the listeners like a more concrete image, I guess the uh, map we have is sort of of a the the main deal is like two intersecting highways on the um east side is of that is perigee and the west is apogee there's the city the there's calendar in the middle which is the the specific building in the city and then towards the bottom away from that there's ottoman vernum um yeah that sounds wise to me um i hmm I'm so just trying. So we can check out Autumn, turn it into like a sniper nest. Yeah, yeah, I was like sniper and or even spying if it's a weather station. You know, we could repurpose yeah, yeah. some of those. Um, and uh, so you said the the these the, the, these are basically bandits. Is what's going uh, on? So what they are is they're a. Uh, specific mechanically, they are a mechanized cavalry unit with uh, uh-huh. Solarosa, but the, the the image you've gotten of them specifically is they're kind of actually doing like uh, what you would call a lawmaning, I guess. Gotcha. They're, they're kind of being peacekeepers, but in a way that, from your experience with them, especially, uh, has no concern for the fact that that is uh, the the uh, uh, Grand Icon's job. Mm-hmm. at the sometimes direct consequence of getting into fights with Grand Tycon. Gotcha. Yeah. It's I'm now remembering how our first mission went down. There was the down pirate ship that we were trying to do a negotiation with, and then they tried to just come in guns blazing. Gotcha. Yeah. Right, exactly. So they're, they're kind of being a nuisance in that they're trying to do justice their own way, uh, mm-hmm. also without respect for the law of the land. Uh, you get this, you get an image, at, or at least what I can say that you would probably think, uh, Pfeffer, is that for a royal who would be relatively mindful of the idea of projecting their authority, having these uh, cowboys hanging around is bad for business. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. 
Um, that sounds good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think invest if if we're looking at how like people are doing this, maybe um, Gab- Gabby, if you want to investigate Autumn, I feel like um, I, I I I want to check out calendar just because I don't know what it is. Yeah, and I feel <laughs> like if it's on the map, that could it'd make it significant. And then if like check out Autumn. Yeah, that works mm-hmm. for me. I was I think- also oh, go ahead. oh sorry. I was also thinking in terms of overall game plan. You had mentioned the idea of camera drones, but um, what if we may, I don't know if she has like any default loadout stuff, but what if we made Mickey our like camera person? That way she is sort of, she is part of things, but she is also not the always going to be like directly, you know, in the mess. Oh, I know. That's actually not she, a bad idea. Okay. She crosses her arms, uh, sort of proudly, <laughs> and goes, I can do that if that's what you want to do, but I will remind you, we're currently looking at odds of four to ten. You know, that's yeah. a good point, too. That is a, yes. You can do that three to ten if you want, she shrugs. <laughs> I'm not saying you would go unarmed, but I think it would be very cool if, if there was a, a point of view shot of yeah. someone punching a Big Mac. Okay. Well, she yeah. seems re- she seems modestly convinced. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's trying to keep pouting, but she is very clearly thinking about it now. The idea of first person neck punching. Is there any? Is there, like? Do we have any established fiction about like how her neck is actually kitted up? Actually, I want to make sure I'm using it properly. Um. So the only thing that I think we've established about it is that it is like. In the very Transformers kind of way, because that is how they were introduced, it is kind of a medium-sized sort of sleek lines uh, kind of uh, vehicle that can turn into something resembling a fighter jet. Gotcha. Um, Aside Um, from that, it used to be black and red, but it has at some point been retooled in Grand Icon colors, because, of course. Gotcha. Um, Aside from that, not specific, though. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I I don't know exactly what sort of weaponry he's got on it, but if we need to like call the herd first, maybe like her being able to like get in like a strafing run. Um, actually, wait, if she's got a if if she's if she's got the fucking fighter jet, what we should do is get her like fucking circling the map, <laughs> like ASAP. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and have her do like she could do bombing runs and stuff. Uh, when if <laughs> actually it'd be really cool slash good if um, <laughs> if we can get them to head south, then she can just do like an initial bombing run uh, and try and wipe out as many as possible. Uh, yeah, like first and foremost, and then from there we can engage whoever's left and you know, however. How whatever uh, state they're in, we can maybe that can give us an upper hand because, like you said, it is ten to four. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds like a good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this research though because that might yeah. change our game plans. So, mm-hmm. uh, what are we gonna? I, I, it's been a minute. What do we roll for this? So, what exactly are you? What exactly are you trying to roll for? Um, I guess I'm rolling to investigate. Uh, like point calendar and determine its like strategic significance, I guess. Yeah, um, that would probably be a survey. 
Okay, then. This is, I'm repeating I, this as, a, as like project rules, so no like scope or effect or anything like that. Okay, I have got one die in that. I can live with that. Rolling 1d6. I got a one, baby. <laughs> yeah. um, you you go to the specific building um, that is there. Uh, it is like it's rather large, but it's not particularly ornamented and doesn't seem to have any signing on it. Really, not clear what it is you're working with. You know where you've at least established where it is. Um, you're not sure why it is this building is like was tagged as being like relevant in the information that you got from oleander though gotcha well i think that the very least keeping it from getting blown up is a good idea so drawing them a like from the south away from it sounds like a good plan to me mm-hmm. this yeah Absolutely. Um, I, yeah Pfeffer will just report that back and try to word it in the least pathetic way possible <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, then I guess I'll go, um, and we'll see what we can learn from Burnham. Uh, I think Bella's actually going to head out in Volk, uh, and just kind of keep, you know, uh, and kind of roll up and see what we can, what we can learn uh, about this, uh, what'd you say? It's like a mech service facility? So it's sort of like... I mean, you know the way you'd go to, like, a car dealer and they have their own repair stuff there? This is just kind of out of the way. It is a place for mech repairs. And it seems like... What I'll say even before you roll, I guess, is you can see there are a lot of mixed... uh, Like, you would call them mostly grunt level, like uh, Grant Icon and Solarosa uh, mechs in there. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, they are ostensibly collaborators... Asterix. So it's not that surprising. Sure. Hmm. Okay. I'm already you like, gonna, like look around. Are you going to try and go in? Or? Yeah, I'm going to try and go in. I'm already like formulating. I'm rotating plans in my mind. <laughs> um, I think yeah, so we're going to tell me what you're doing. Uh, I think, you know, Bella's going to actually, she's actually, oh, this is a great idea to leave Volk out front. Um, she actually shows up with Volk, leaves him there, uh, jumps out, and is just going to have a walk around uh, in her uniform and see what if uh, if she can pick up any, you know, hits. Because I'm wondering if we can make use of these mechs as well, like to set up our yeah. blockade. I think it's not very long before someone who is very clearly wearing some kind of work uniform, kind of. Uh, flags down just goes howdy miss how can i help you uh hey i'm just having a look around um i'm actually here on the i guess you can call it work uh she thumbs back to the big very uh nice looking robot that she's she's left outside (laughs) (laughs) and says um so there were there's a solarosa mex stationed here too I ma'am. He takes one look over at the big robot and like does like a a low whistle. Well, I ain't never seen anything that pretty before. Tell you what. Uh, well, I'm usually, you... I'm usually working with factory models over here. Not not often getting ace visiting. <laughs> uh, well, he is the love of my life. Uh, uh, I bet. <laughs> so 
uh, oh, I wonder if I have like, I, I mean, it's not like you have like a, like a, like a badge, obviously, because it's not like that. But there is like, you know, oh, like, um, because she's in uniform. She has like her, her actual ranking showing. Yeah. Uh, and she can actually kind of gesture to that and says, um, so, oh Lord, how do I even phrase this? If I could commandeer some of these, is there somebody I could uh, talk to about making that happen? Um, give me a consort roll. Ooh, shit! Of course, you'd say consort. Uh, because mostly just because I think the answer to this question is going to depend on the quality of the impression that you make, and okay. you're kind of leveraging your status, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I've got a Dyson. I've got a Dyson concert. Oh, I've got two different keyboards also. I've got... <laughs> so I'm like trying to not hit the wrong kind. Roll <laughs> 1d6. I think that's enough. Maybe. Let's find out. That's a three. Uh, three. No. Um, he uh, kind of apologetically is like, well, ma'am, for- unfortunately, we're not really in the uh, business of uh, requisitioning these out. Most of them are actively being worked on and you know no one wants to get their uh have to get extra stapled on their repair bill what because someone came through and you know took it for uh he he stops himself from saying joyride and uh, says instead a tactical expedition of some kind (laughs) (laughs) if you're having an issue with that beautiful thing over there though i can try and touch it up for you oh no 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 he's uh he's just fine uh Damn, I was really hoping I could figure out more to learn from this place. That's not in character. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's Red's just me still got it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what you what you know is at least though, like this is a mech repair facility, and there are definitely both Solarosan and uh, uh, Grand Tycon vehicles here. Sure. Uh, you don't notice any immediately that look like. Like nothing, like there's a lot of different models of like both their normal production models, but like you don't notice any unique ones, at least on your what little you've seen of the place. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to take note of it because I'm still wondering if maybe, because like these guys are going to roll into town at like 1 a.m. And part of me is just like, uh, I know they say collateral damage is not permitted, but if we take the robots that belong to our side, then that's not collateral damage. That's just part that, of the mission, baby. That that sounds like collateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to make this work. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. We believe in you. You'll figure something out. I'm figuring something out. Anyway, what's Gabrielle up to? All right, so I was uh, given Point Autumn to look at, and I was thinking we were settled at it was something like a like a weather station. We'll go ahead and say it is. Uh, I mean, we can be non-specific. It has like a big like big satellite array, uh, okay. large broadcast tower, etc. So it's it, it's conve- it's some kind of information relay station. Okay. So, since my study and survey are zero, and I know, look, I do actually have a scan of one. I was wondering if I could take a blue dolly out and discreetly as possible in a robot, oh. uh, like scan the like the building and the surrounding area to determine if I can uh, tell what the building is for, or at least uh, figure out a good firing line from uh, the mountain north of Point Autumn and the uh, highway. Um, you know, from after. 
after uh you know they're gonna come from point perigee and then uh, from behind that mountain right something yeah. like that that makes okay. sense so yeah see if uh if there's any weird readings on the building or just anything that indicates what it is and that's the main thing i think so yeah go for it give me a give me a scan or yeah i think a scan would be good a six. Oh, oh boy! Finally! Finally! Yeah. Okay. So you actually decide to, uh, you know, settle in. Uh, you get to a nice concealed vantage uh, that gives you a nice full view of this building. And like, the map isn't too detailed, but like, you know, there's like little service roads or whatever leaving to to and fro. Uh, you know, the the highway here isn't the only like sign of civilization. It's just a, you know abstraction. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> um. And what you notice on the scans is there's nothing here right now. And it does like the building itself does like kind of cohere with what you'd expect for, uh, you know, information broadcast. Like there's the satellite dishes, there's broadcast towers. There's a lot of, you know, uh, moon glass wiring running through just like communicating data. Um, But what you do notice, and this is something that is strange to you is that there is quite a lot of what you would, what you would probably refer to as like, residual moon glass emissions in the area which is something that you would really only see if this area was frequently trafficked by machines that make extensive use of that like Mm -hmm. and the thing that immediately jumps to your mind because of that great role like uh solarosa mechs because most of them are uh piloted by by people with psionic gifts and use a significant amount of like moon glass technology to do like really weird things with their physicality. If that makes any sense, kind of like again, like like Golden Boy's old mech, the Musania, where it's like a a weird like VTOL hover car thing a little yeah. bit. Um, and it's not like it. You don't reckon it's like anything that's bad, but it does tell you that there are frequently Solarosa mechs that come here specifically. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I will so, uh, go ahead and call that into uh, the boss in red right away on the group chat or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, could be nothing but proximity, but if these readings are right on the sensors, then uh, it could be that there's a lot of moon glass mechs coming around this point in particular. So we might be able to. Uh, if they're using it for something, I might be able to draw them over here with little provocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, before you stop here, because, you know, roll to six, so we'll give you a little bit extra. Uh, you do also actually get a uh, request over clear comms with no identifying information attached to it. Ooh. Ooh okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take a look at that. Yeah. Comms come up. Once again, there is uh, no uh, visuals. Uh, a voice that is at this point familiar to the audience. Call sign Stiletto. Avoid coming any closer to the building. They have measures to detect the presence of large-scale vehicles like your own. Mm. The distance you are currently keeping is safe, but I would not advise approaching any further inside the vehicle. Okay, that makes sense. Interesting. That's, hmm. Uh, A Part of me, <laughs> at first, I was like, "Hmm, well, maybe if we like set off the perimeter alarm, that would be a way to draw them over." But also, part of me is like, "What if it just makes it blow up?" You know? Yeah. 
I mean, you yeah, think Gabriel's just going to be like, who is like this? That because there's a lot of mech traffic, and like this is a True. building that people seem yeah. to use. Yeah. Uh, but it's still reasonable to, to think that there could be, you know, consequences for tripping yeah. the alarm or whatever. Yeah, gotcha. I think uh, I think anything happening in this building would also count as collateral damage. So, yeah, uh, yeah Gabriel, like, if there's no response when Gabriel tries to, like, hail back, then uh, she'll sort of like retreat and what do you what do you hail back with oh it's just like it's like understood who is this this is clematis i reached out to your captain earlier oh right sorry i am stationed in the area if you need me for anything where oh thank you for the heads up where? uh spe- you would be able to infer specifically from around where uh uh gabriella is right now okay oh, so, she's oh, specifically right. hanging out around here Okay. Um, autumn. All right. Okay. So, so yeah. got some got some good info then. All right. Um. So I'm thinking about ways to both corral these guys and to avoid collateral damage. And something that came to mind is is do you think it'd be possible for us to get that highway closed at least like past a certain point? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, you yeah, can certainly make the attempt. You are going to have to come up with something that will close it very urgently because you don't exactly have time to like go through uh, filing a request or uh, geez, things yeah. of that nature. That's happening. This this is going down in like you would say like I think at this point like four yeah. hours maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? With that in mind, I've I've got an idea. Okay. Um, so, um. So they're going to approach presumably at or near Perigee. So we are going to. um, You figure they're probably not going to come on the highway, but you imagine they're going to come like adjacent to the highway. Right. So we need to get them like off of, you know, the fucking public roads as soon as possible. So my idea is as soon as we detect them, um, we get Nikki and Volk to engage like you don't even need to like hurt them meaningfully just like just like show them you mean business and then fall back and draw them yeah taunt and kite yeah Yeah. um like if obviously if you can just like take out one of their like no names in one (laughs) go like that would be a very excellent way to uh initiate but um yeah now um I can do that. Mickey volunteers helpfully. <laughs> <laughs> if you can do it without also taking out a chunk of the freeway, then by all means, um, then I guess draw them back to now. If we fight near point autumn, that could be an advantage to them, but also, um, yeah, maybe uh, and it would also, Hmm have clematis nearby which could be bad or could put uh, her at risk so i'm not so sure about that necessarily um also you're not really sure what clematis's deal is aside from the fact that she works for oleander you haven't seen her or interacted with her at all in like any kind of direct contact actually yeah bella uh offers up that like no clematis is a spook i don't think clematis uh (laughs) yeah okay so if we draw things toward her so Yes, and, but and also we want to make it tricky for them to escape. So how about we like 
we we we've been talking about drawing them south. How about like basically aim for like kind of the middle of the map, I guess, if that sounds good. Yeah. Or like or at least the very least like the mountain near autumn. That's what I was so thinking. Like, uh here-ish? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that general quadrant. Okay. And so like that is like that is where uh uh Kraken position and um i'm not as familiar with how mobile uh blue dahlia is compared to folk but like so she Volk, could either Volk is by definition more mobile but dahlia is probably more mobile than you are okay then um then i guess dahlia could uh like position with kraken or could be part of the forward team or maybe be somewhere in the middle whatever sounds good yeah, I was wondering about that. I was looking at the um, the sort of loadout I can get. There is one large weapon. The let me see here the the heavy cannon uh, that Ooh. might be for this since they have we're going to try to make them come to us. Says uh, long range. Finally, y'all are free to put place your tokens wherever you'd like to. If you want to like establish yeah. where you're going to be for like the kick yeah. the kickoff. Yeah. So, I don't know what sort of range is long range, but maybe somewhere like. Or setback. I mean, the, the the we don't have to get like too like you know d twenty tile based RPG mm-hmm. with this. I just have it here as like guide as like a you yeah know, something to guide uh, those questions when they come up. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. Sounds great. Yeah, um, sounds good to me. I too. wish there was some way because if Autumn can benefit these guys, I wish there was some way we could just like temporarily disable it, like. Couldn't we just with because it would be like the most minor of collateral damage is just cutting <laughs> it. Just, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's just cutting its power, right? Like something. If it was literally just flipping the breakers, that would probably be that would probably be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would but probably that not. Con- con- that would probably not constitute an egregious violation <laughs> of that rule at the very least. Yeah. Maybe we can like keep that on hand as like something that we can do if it comes that's down to it. That's a good. That's a good idea. If we have to, you know, if we have to, <laughs> you know, get in close because, like, right now we can't approach it unless it's on foot. Um, yeah. So if we, if we yeah. get at some point, I mean, you can approach it in mech if you if you want to set off the alarm. Which right, yeah, you know. we're good. <laughs> if yeah, if we had more time, we could get up to more stuff. But right now, I feel like we've got about as good a plan as we're gonna have. Right. Okay. Are you are you going to try and uh, factor Clematis into your planning at all, or are you just going to assume that she's doing something else and leave her alone? I, I, you know it's what? Just, I'm it's going just half to half to me. Um, you know what? I'm I'm going to at the very least relay our game plan to her and ask if she has any um like is there is there any like it do you have any advisement on this matter and is there any way that we can best make use of you i guess um what she would say is um you would tell her game plan i guess uh you'd get a kind of uh, withdrawn understood in response i think for specific advice uh, she would say, uh, I'm not suited. I, she'd say that she's not suited to direct combat, but she is capable of of taking care of at least... She can take care of stragglers. Okay. I, okay. I don't know if that's the way she'd phrase it. Um, you're not really sure what the... What the uh, 
what what's really what's going on there exactly mm-hmm. but she kind of phrases like she can take care of a mech or two but she should not be in the frontline combat okay right. well then um uh yeah i guess um we could have her like be part of the initiating thing because again i feel like taking out like a bunch of guys at once could be a really good just opening play but um at the same time i i don't know if she's even in a mech or not so um she would advise you that wherever you need her to be you will have to assist her in placing her there gotcha gotcha okay she does not have Um, mech mobility Gotcha. Then I think then like just letting her know that she can stick around like the general point autumn vicinity will probably be where we need her anyway. Understood. Okay. So I've noticed uh, noticed a problem with my plan, which is that uh, Gabrielle does not have any destroyer bombard to use a uh, long range weapon with. Ah, okay. <laughs> and maybe then maybe you're part of the anvil is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah she's she's a lot better up close, turns out. That makes sense. Yeah. I remember okay. now. It's been <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Um I think I'm about ready to go. Is okay. everyone else ready to go? Yeah, yes. I think yeah, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do when we're actually in the field. So, yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, uh, whoever wants to take responsibility for it, uh, let's get a, let's figure out what our engagement role is here. Um, And let me actually, I have to actually reopen that because I forgot to open that before we started recording. Um, Let me go do that real quick. So, mission engagement. Uh, First, actually, what kind of plan is this? Are you still doing this as a propaganda or are you doing... Like uh, I what? think I, th- I think the propaganda part is important. So, like, just in case it does need to be declared, I think that just saying that, um, uh, that like Mickey has like a like if she if she can have like a camera rig as part of her, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to go too deep into her load, but that's definitely like you know part of a uh, that that's reasonable. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the footage is probably going to be not dissimilar to like, um, like just the, the the what someone sees when they're calling in like a UAV strike but you know it'll be footage yeah um so uh with that established for who wants to be responsible for this role first <laughs> um, I'll do it oh, All right. okay <laughs> uh, Gabrielle's gonna take care of it so first off we start with one dice for plain old luck all right first question is this mission bold yes feels bold oh yeah all right, we're gonna have. I don't know if this is gonna work. With you. We can't, yeah, we can't, none of us can take him down. That's. I, th- I think it's bold. Like even though you're you're punching within your weight class, you are outnumbered and you are doing like a fairly. You're, you're you you have orchestrated a, a real false flag operation. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, th- I think it's gutsy. Um, next question: Is the mission especially complex? Uh, I don't know if I'd call it especially. Uh, I mean, there is, is a fact. Oh, go ahead. There is the fact that we have to k- take out these guys, but we also have to do it in kind of a specific way. Um, yeah, but also, I mean, it is pretty straightforward in that uh, it's it's there isn't any negotiations or anything like that. It's just kill them all and let God sort out the rest, as they say. Yeah, we're not, we're not <laughs> so, going to hack anything or like tinker with anything. It's like yeah, it's, so, a, it's a fairly direct process. I'm inclined yeah. to agree. So we're going okay. to leave this at 2D then. Yeah. Uh, 
Does the mission exploit the target's vulnerabilities? Uh, I'm inclined to say no, personally, because of mm-hmm. what I know. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like you're, you're kind of you're not putting them on the back foot. You're playing mind games with them a little right. bit. Right. Um, is the mission's tactic ineffective against the target? I'm also going to say no because yay, they, <laughs> uh, they are not necessarily. Uh, you know, you're not you're not you're not doing you know. You, you are you're using a tactic on them that you have reasonable certainty is going to work because they're a a cavalry unit and not like a spy unit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, does the squad receive external support for the mission um, in the form of uh, your uh, associate uh, Clematis? I'm going to say yes. I'll give you an additional dice on this. Is anyone interfering with the mission other than the target? The answer is no. Yay. Um, uh, are there any other factors that affect the mission? I am going to actually reduce one because you are right now in what is basically the heart of Solarosa territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of in a position where you're not exactly cut off, but you, if things get real bad, they are a lot closer to their backup than you are to yours. Yeah. So I, I'm inclined to say there's that tension kind of weighing on this. So I am going to give you 2d6 total. Okay. okay. Like, that's enough to crit. It's theoretically possible for you to crit. It's also theoretically possible for that not to happen. I.E. Uh, I.E. We're going to be starting in desperate position. Uh, <laughs> XP time. <laughs> so what I think happens here as uh, we set up is, so you're all kind of like like stealthily kind of parked waiting in position. Um, Pfeffer, you're down by autumn. You're pretty sure Clematis is around here somewhere too. At least that's what she has indicated last time you checked in with her. Um, both uh, Gabby and Arabella are kind of positioned nearish to the highway. Right. And Mickey is kind of uh, circling, uh, keeping an eye out for uh, when they're arriving. And thankfully she can, Aside from the thrusters on the the jet, she can actually keep a pretty low profile in this uh, middle-of-the-night darkness. Uh, (laughs) um, But the thing that immediately immediately jumps out at you as you're scanning is uh, Arabella... uh, Because Arabella and Gabrielle, actually, you're probably both scanning, because we've we've established that both of your mechs do a lot of uh, scanning stuff. (laughs) And you, uh, within, like... uh, as you can see, you can get on your readings, like approaching within like, I don't know, uh, within 10 miles, probably getting pretty close to the point perigee, uh, a total of 10 Solarosa max. The problem you immediately notice is that they are not cleanly bunched up into a single formation. They are actually spread out over a rather wide area moving in, in sort of, uh, you know, you would say like, there's a forward unit that you would say is probably about uh, four of these, and then there's three ancillary units that are each two, is how you describe it. And they're all like several; they're all a few miles apart from each other at least. Ah, boy. However, before you can communicate this information, there is a change of plans. Your eager cohort. Oh damn! Oh no! Uh, uh, you hear her call over the radio. All right, let's get this show on the road. And uh, as uh, the forward unit featuring uh, three Solaros and Grunt mechs, they're probably also like Muzania's, like what Golden Boy used to have, but like a little smaller. Um, and a familiar 
a butterfly-shaped mech floating <laughs> ominously, uh, yeah. made of multiple disparate parts. As they are sort of uh, approaching at a steady pace, a, a small fighter jet uh, starts a gunning run and does a drive-by shooting. <laughs> oh, it's time. And that is where we're going to start next time. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Great. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, you see? Yeah. People talk shit about Aces High, but it's hard to raise war orphans to kill people, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they need a lot of guidance. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep a short leash. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well, <laughs> let's let's make this look good. <laughs> oh yes, it's time. All right. Well, tune in next time to see how the fuck this horrible nightmare is going to go. <laughs> Will do. Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Calvin Cox, Elliot, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Hell Bloodhands, Jack Toops, Jarnope, Joel, John the Book Hoarder, Lori Dean, Lucas Bell, MC Verdandi, Nyan Hellcat, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Ryan Asopa, Udon Bullets, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Hime. If you would like to join our ranks and gain access to special content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word on social media. We are at biggaynerdscast on Twitter and just biggaynerds on Tumblr and Facebook. And if you want to hang out, join the Big Gay Nerds fan club Discord server linked in all the aforementioned pages.